nibbles. They would have eaten our whole house and probably the whole cul-de-sac if we didn't find those jelly beans. You're not telling it right. I'm holding the golden stick, said Echo. That means it's my turn. Arp made a move for the craggly gold spray painted branch, but Echo whipped it into her other hand. Stupid stick, grumbled Arp. Just let her tell it, said Shad. Fine, said Arp, but it's going to be the dumb version. Echo grinned as she prodded a smoldering log with the tip of the golden stick to improve airflow. The campfire responded accordingly, and she resumed her story. The nibbles went crazy for jelly beans. It was like their favorite food or something. They finally stopped eating the counter and the floors and everything else in our house. They only wanted jelly beans. Every time one of them ate a different flavor, they'd turn into the color for a few minutes, like cherry red or watermelon green or even popcorn butter yellow. It was kind of cute. But did it stop them from multiplying? asked Shad. Oh, no. They still popped into two nibbles every time they ate something, even the jelly beans. But at least this way they weren't destroying the house. Or the whole world, said Arp. Echo glared at her brother. They're world destroyers, Echo, shouted Arp. I don't know why you keep calling them cute. They would have eaten this whole planet and everything in it if I didn't figure out how to fix their spaceship. You figured it out, said Echo. Well, no, I mean we, but you know what I mean. Shad used the opportunity to snag the golden stick from Echo's hand. My turn. Sorry, Echo, I have to ask. How did you know the nibbles were going to eat the whole world? Shad handed the stick back to Echo. Well, I didn't know it when I found the first nibble, she said. It was during the fireworks last week. I thought I saw one of the green sparkles from a big firework land in our backyard. Arp said that was impossible. But still we went back and found this metal silver box jabbed into the ground like the size of a sandwich next to the garage. Arp tried to grab it right away like a dummy and it burnt his hand. Arp grimaced and held up his hand, showing the imprint of the metal box on his fingertips. Ouch, said Shad. Arp nodded, yeah. Because I'm not a dummy, said Echo, I went into the garage and grabbed some of our dad's tools. I tapped open the edge of the box with a flathead and a mallet hammer. And inside was this little blobby thing, you know, an amoeba, but with these cute black eyes and these cute little stubby arms, like a round cuttlefish, like a small ghost, like a, okay, enough, we get it, said Arp. And it waved at me, said Echo. So I held out my hand and it sort of slid onto my palm. It looked hungry. So I snagged at a piece of grass in my other hand and held it towards the thing and it nibbled it. Then it nibbled it really fast. And then it popped. And all of a sudden there were two of them, two nibbles, which you have to admit was kind of cool, said Arp. Yeah, we didn't know better. So we gave them more grass and then we tried a rock and then we tried a stick and they ate them all. Soon there were 16 nibbles all hopping around we couldn't hold them all, and they started eating stuff on their own, and that's when things got a little scary. Arp grabbed the stick now, and that's when I saved the day. Echo waved him on. I ran into the garage and got the mason jar where we kept fireflies during the 3rd of July party, and I just plucked the nibbles off the ground and dropped them into the jar. Turns out they don't like glass. Well, did you get them all? asked Shad. Yeah, we did. Echo nodded, too. So then what? You just had this jar of alien creatures? Well, pretty much, said Echo. May I? Arp handed her the golden stick. We took the jar inside, sealed of course, and went to the computer. We did lots of searches. We would have gone to the library and asked Mrs. Ambler to help, but it was way too late. Then we found something, von Neumann probes. Von Neumann probes, what's that? asked Shad. World eaters, said Arp. Tiny little probes that eat everything in their path and self-replicate forever and ever. Why? asked Shad, where did they come from? We don't know. Another country, another planet or galaxy? Shad kept asking. Yeah, or universe, said Echo. Arp got up to throw another log on a fire. They could all hear their parents snoring in their nearby tents. 
I'm going to melt another action figure over the fire, said Arv. Anyone want in? No, scoffed Echo. But I'm going to have another s'more. Me too, said Shad. Can you make two marshmallows, Echo? She nodded and loaded them onto the tip of the golden stick. So what'd you do with the jar of nibbles, asked Shad. Well, we didn't know what to do. Like, would they just die if we didn't feed them? That felt too cruel, even if they were here to destroy everything. Then we kind of got in a fight about it because Arp is a dummy. Stop calling me a dummy, Echo. It wasn't my fault. You were the one who tripped. What happened, asked Shad. Echo dropped the jar in the kitchen and it shattered. Echo and Arp nodded. And that's when the jelly beans came in. I have to admit that was good thinking by Arp. Sorry about calling you a dummy. You just are sometimes, but sometimes you're brilliant. Arp considered this potential compliment and then smiled. Thank goodness we had that huge jar of jelly beans, but it wasn't going to be enough because they kept on doubling. So Arp tried to gather them into as many glass jars as we could find. And then I ran out to the garage to see if we had any more jelly beans. That's when I saw the spaceship again. And I noticed the four nibble sized slots. Maybe I thought, maybe this is how we get them back into their ship. So I ran back inside with the spaceship. And when I came back in, things had escalated. Yeah, cause we ran out of jelly beans, said Arp. Hundreds of nibbles were surrounding him and Arp was holding the now empty jar of jelly beans. They were gonna eat me next, said Arp. Echo's marshmallows caught fire and she held them up like the Olympic torch. Perfect, she nodded and then slid one marshmallow onto each her and Shad's graham crackers. With her mouth full, she continued. So I put the ship on the ground and grabbed a few nearby nibbles and tried to force them into the slots and it worked, sorta. Well, what do you mean, sorta? Well, it only worked in this weird pattern. Imagine there's four slots like this. Echo drew four squares on the ground next to the campfire with the sticky tip of her stick. The only way the ship would accept the nipples was in this order, which took way too long to figure out. What was the trick? Binary numbers, said Echo. Like zeros and ones, asked Shad? Yeah, exactly. Nibbles don't have any fingers like we do. That's the only reason we count to 10 and use powers of 10 for numbers, by the way, because we've got 10 fingers. If we had eight fingers, it'd be different. What do you mean, asked Shad? Well, count to 10 on your fingers, said Echo. Shad did. Now count to 11. Well, I need to start over, said Shad. Exactly. Now count to 10, ignoring your thumbs, like you only have eight fingers. Shad tried and then stopped. Well, I need to start over at nine. Yeah, let me show you. Echo drew some numbers on the ground. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's how you count to 11 in decimal. Now, here's the same in octal, meaning eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13. Weird, said Shad. So these are just different ways of counting, but you're still like counting the same number of things, just showing it a different way. Yes, said Echo. Now imagine you have no fingers, just two stubby arms like the nibbles. Here's what that would look like counting to 11. 1, 10, 11, 100, 101, 110, 111, 1000, 1001, 1010, 1011. That's so weird, but I guess it makes sense, said Chad. Arp's action figure had now melted into a horrible pool of colored plastic on the fire. Thanks for this smell, Arp. Happily, he smiled. So anyway, said Echo, through trial and error, too much error, said Arp. I figured out that the pattern was just binary numbers. The ship would only accept the nipples in binary numerical order. And there were only four slots, so I just had to put the nipples in like this. She drew more patterns in the dirt. And so on, she said. But once you put the nipples in the right slots and press the button, the ship absorbed them. And a couple minutes later, hours, said Arp. Okay, maybe hours, said Echo. We had all the nipples back in their ship. So that was it, said Shad. What happened to the ship? Well, that's the weirdest thing. The ship just disappeared. Echo was silent. Then she nodded. I don't know, said Shad. How can I believe you guys? You're just making this up. Look at my hand, Arp pointed to his burns. Would I make that up? Well, that could have been from anything, said Shad. This is dumb. I'm going to go read in the tent with my flashlight. Arp and Shad got up to brush their teeth. Echo stayed behind in the fire. She prodded apart the logs with a golden stick so that they'd smolder out safely. She stared at the embers for a while 
and then tossed the golden stick onto the fire. From inside her coat pocket, Echo removed a small glass jar. She held it up against the firelight. Is that a, is that one of them? asked Shad, who'd returned beside her. Echo kept her eyes on the small blob inside the glass, waving at her. They're real, whispered Shad. Echo, you kept one, you idiot. Art pushed Shad out of the way and went to grab the jar from Echo's hands, but he tripped on the log pile and fell into Echo. The glass jar flew out of Echo's hands into the darkness beyond the firelight. All three cousins heard the glass shatter on impact.